You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. Dr. Marty Jablau will be our guest today. He received his dental degree from the New Jersey Dental School and practices in Woodbridge, New Jersey. He received his fellowship in the Academy of General Dentistry. He is currently president of Dental Technology Solutions and a regular speaker on the Viva CE network, VivaLearning.com. We'll be talking with Marty about intraoral scanners. Marty, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Thanks for having me here, Phil. Um, and we had a great uh, podcast uh, earlier. You did one on AI, which was fascinating. We've been getting great feedback on that. So we're talking about intraoral scanners. So let, let's begin with a question. Do all practices need an intraoral scanner, first of all? And the second part of that question is, is it related to the need to do same-day dentistry? Well, those are two very distinctive questions. And part of the questions that you need to ask answer for yourself before you would buy an intraoral scanner. So is an intraoral scanner necessary? And the absolute question of that is no. Um, We've been doing dentistry for years and years and years and using impression materials since the, you know, the dark ages. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that is not an absolute. Um, There are still many cases occasionally, although it's getting to be fewer and far between in my office, where I do pick up impression material. Um, but, you know, as a scanner, is it necessary? The answer is no. There are some people who are going to argue that, you know, that is state of the art and that's where everything is heading. And I absolutely agree with that. Um, but, you know, we have to still look at running a business. Is there a huge ROI on scanning? Well, that's that remains to be seen. Um, some people uh, will say, yes, there is. You no longer purchase impression material, but then there's ongoing costs potentially with scanners. And, and these are some things we're probably going to delve into a little bit more. So you have to kind of look at what you're doing, what procedures you're doing, what you're trying to achieve. Just like any other piece of equipment in a dental office, you know, you got to understand what it, what you want it to do. And then will it be capable of doing that for you? And then why do you want it? Is it because it's just the latest, greatest and cool or is it going to actually, you know, make your life easier and have a real you know, return on investment in terms of dollars and cents? And in many cases, you know, that's going to be to an individual dentist. Well, let me ask, you, uh, let me ask this question. So five years ago, many pundits said impression material won't be around in, uh, in five years from now, which is now. Um, what's the penetration in a dental, the average dental practice? How many, uh, oh. what percentage of dentists are using intraoral scanners versus uh, typical dental materials? I'm kind of thinking, and this is strictly off the top of my head, I, I don't have an absolute number. I'm probably saying probably somewhere between 25 and 30 percent of dental officers are doing intraoral scanning. Remember, right. we've been doing oh. intraoral scanning for 30 years. Right. Back to the original Cerex. So this is not a new technology for dentistry. So uh, 75% of dentists are still mixing the stuff up and dropping it into a tray and doing the wash material? My, wow. That's my guess. That's my guess. So these pundits were wrong. or Well, you know, it, it, no, I don't think they're wrong. I think what they're doing is they're, they're trying to extrapolate things out. So, you know, we're looking right now that it's taken almost 30 years to get to um, digital x-rays, and we're still not anywhere near 100%. I mean, we're getting closer. We're in the 85 to 90%, but, you know, that's where we're looking at it. We're still looking at a big-ticket item for many dentists so that, you know, there's a reluctance to spend that kind of money, Um, and it changes their workflow. 
this is another part to it. Um, you know, dentists as a whole are resistant to change. So when we look at that, I don't see that as, you know, what was anticipated back then, because right now is where we're just starting. Within the last two years is where we started seeing these things take off, where the intraoral scanner costs are coming down to a more reasonable level. And as those numbers come down and the older dentists retire, you're going to see this thing start to explode. What, what is, is the, cost? What's the cost? What's the cost of a decent intraoral scanner? Um, a brand new intraoral scanner is probably on the low end going to be somewhere in the $15,000 range and on the high end about $45,000, depending on the bells and whistles and overall costs. On, on a low end scanner, you, you still get the accuracy though, correct? You, right. It, it's the, the problem right now is the marketplace has not totally shaken itself out. So with that, we have some issues. We have ongoing costs. You can buy a low-cost scanner, let's say, but there may be monthly fees that go along with it. Um, this is what I call the total cost of ownership. There are other scanners that are in that fifteen dollars to $20,000 range where you buy it and then you do not have to do anything further and you can use it till it's death and you'll still be able to get the files out of it. Um, versus some of the higher end scanners where you're locked into service contracts and, and things along those lines in order to continue to use the product. So what I always say, it's like buying a BMW, but the only gas you can use is BMW gas. Right. Um, most people would not do that. But in dentistry, that seems to be something that we have done because, you know, when these, some of these scanners came out, they were so good and they were the only game in town. That's the game that they, you know, the companies played. Mm -hmm. And that's changed in the last two years where we had what we call closed architecture and open architecture systems. Yeah, that, was, my, that was actually my next question. Tell us about that closed or open architecture. Can you elaborate on that? Well, yeah, that, that what happens is, is now well, let's go back in time. You know, the original CEREC was a closed architecture system. And I think at the beginning it was necessary to be a closed architecture system so that, the you know, everything was assured to work together. It was going to be as seamless and as good as possible. Then what happened is over time, you know, we had some other companies come into that E4D, which now is part of Plan Mecca. Mm -hmm. And you know, we, we've seen that evolution, but these were kind of closed end systems. But then we started to get open systems. This was lab driven in many cases. We had, you know, different mills that were less expensive and we had to be able to get the files in. And these companies such as, you know, Sarone and Sarek were resistant to being able to you get your file out of that machine so you could send it to somebody other than them. Right. This is this is the protectionism. Sounds, of some sounds of like these sounds companies. like Apple. Yeah, it sounds just like Apple. It's somewhat like Apple. All right. Mm -hmm. um, but you're saying that's changing now. But that's changed in the last two years, where most of these companies now allow you to get what's called the STL file, the right. stereolithography file, out, so that you can send it to whoever you may choose. Now you have other companies which are you know fighting, which is the three shaped trios and. Uh, Align, which makes Invisalign, because mm -hmm. Invisalign on, now owns iTero. So if you really want to do at this time, you want to do a lot of Invisalign, the only one you really need to have is an iTero unit to scan with. And that's, that's another, that's a clo more closed system. However, with that closed system for Invisalign, you can still do a crown prep and get an STL file out and send it to your, uh, to your lab. So what we've got is this closed system or semi-closed system, and then we have open systems, which are 
an example might be the CareStream 3600, the new Medit, iMedit 500 scanner, um, where you, there's just the cost to get in. There may be some ongoing support costs, but you can get an STL file and send it to anyone. So they're happy to take your business. And a company like ExoCAD, which is a design software, um, they're a part of this also, where they're able to have a, they have a new product called the uh, ExoCAD ChairSide, where it's doing a lot of these things that you would expect to happen with a Cerex system or the E4D from Plan Mecca. And what that does is, is allows you to choose your scanner and choose your mill or choose your printer. So it's just the intermediate step to be able to get from the file to design to the output. Mm-hmm. And that's truly an, you know, an open architecture system. Yeah, I know. Um, are most practitioners um, using a scanner and then not having the milling system chair side and just sending the file out to the lab? Yes, that, that's what most people are doing now. And part of it is um, some dentists don't want to be lab techs. Right. I mean, you know, it, the, the thing that changed, you know, CEREC was always lab driven. And what made it even more lab driven was, you know, the Emacs blocks. Those blue blocks that came out totally reinvigorated the CEREC system. And, you know, that's, that's the big piece here is that, you know, do you want to do this lab work? Is same day dentistry what you want? So if same day dentistry is what you want, you know, you want to look, you, do you want to metal with some intermediate things that, you know, aren't guaranteed to necessarily work as well together? Or do you want that closed Cerex system that, you know, I know that if I scan it with the Omnicam and I put it through the software and I put it into a Cerex mill, this is what I can expect as my output. Yeah, see, that's the thing. If, you, if you're going to be doing something from start to finish in one day, it's always nice to have the equipment all talking to each other flawlessly, and that's the that's the sales pitch on it, and it makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. But what you're paying for that is you're paying a very nice premium. Right. Versus, okay, I can take my scanner that, you know, pick one of them, the 3M True Def or the, uh, you know, whether it be an iTero or CareStream, mm-hmm. uh, the Trios, whatever it may be. And guess what? I want to, I want to do a, I want to do a couple of composite onlays. But I can buy a fifteen thousand dollar rolling mill to make composite onlay, inlays and onlays. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference in cost than the fifty thousand dollar or so, you know, mill from whether it be you know Serona and Sarac or whether it be E4D or um, even mm-hmm. Glidewell and their TS150. If you wanted to, you know, mill zirconia because right. we're able to now mill zirconia, which we hadn't before. Then it becomes how much lab work do you want to do? What are you, what's going to be the involvement there? That becomes the bigger question. So same day dentistry presents different questions. You know, again, what do you want it to do is my first question right. always. Right. And <clears throat> if that's the way you want to go, I would tell you to look at those clo- closed architecture systems. They're probably going to make your life easier. If you're not looking for that and you might want to grow into that, then the open architecture system makes sense because you may buy a scanner now, but somewhere down the road, you know, you may decide to get a mill. You may not buy a new one. You might buy a used one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's markets for these things. So, so the, you, you know, best, you can dip your best, toes in. Yeah. What's the best way for a dentist who's starting out um, to get the information 
from someone that really someone like you that really knows what they're talking about here so that they don't make this mistake and get into something they shouldn't be doing. <clears throat> is there an entry? What would you recommend as a for a single practitioner entry level to get started with intra oral scanners? The, so here's the problem with that. And, and it's a great question, but it's not an easy answer right. because everybody's going to decide that they need to drive something different. All right. You know, if the idea is I just want to get my feet wet, there are used scanners now on the market. Okay. The older iTero units, the older CareStream units, the older, you know, three shaped trios units. Some of them are monochrome. Some of them are still color. You know, you can get in at a much lower price point right. um, versus, okay, but what are you giving up? You know, speed. You're not necessarily giving up accuracy. You're probably giving up speed and ease of use. Mm -hmm. But that's a big thing for most people when they're trying to learn something. The easier it is to learn, the easier it is to adopt it. So there's a kind of catch in that situation. Right, right. Um, you know, so, I, you know, my thoughts are there are new scanners coming out that are less expensive than, you know, some of these top of the line ones. And you might want to get into that little sweet spot of, you know, the fifteen to $20,000 type scanners to see does it fit, you know, what you want it to do. But realize that you may be buying a newer one sooner because you want something with more bells and whistles. Hey, it's no different than a car. Right. You know, right. which car do I choose? I can buy, you know, I, I can go buy an old car that, you know, I, I like the, you know, I want that old convertible just because I want a ragtop to drive around in, but I don't want to spend the fifty or $75,000 on a new one. Mm -hmm. Versus, hey, you know what? I need that reliable car to get me back and forth to work every day, and I want a new one because that's what I want. It's kind of the same thing. So, so there is no ask, simple answer to that. Yeah, let me ask this. So as far as accuracy, you get a clinician who's absolutely phenomenally talented at taking impressions. They've done it for years. They know how to fit the tray. They know exactly how to use the materials. They know how to take care of the tissue retraction. Take that person and then take the same person and use a scanner. Are they going to get more accurate impressions with a scanner? Well, you're going to get – so here's the thing. First of all, when you're taking an analog impression, there is always error built into it, okay? Mm -hmm. that, that's just the fact of the material setting, the, the, the plaster setting. And you know what? The great thing is there's a lot of smart people in dental materials who worked a lot of that out. So it, it, it can be good and it can be accurate. The studies are showing right now, now there's two different types of things that you need to look at. There's that small, you know, fixed prosthodontic type thing where we're talking about, you know, single unit, small bridge, fixed bridges. You know, that's one set of accuracy versus a whole arch accuracy. What right. we're seeing in the latest studies are that, you know, accuracy on the small units type fixed restorations, they're definitely better than using impression material. When we start getting to the full arch is where we start running into some issues. Most of the recent studies are showing that the, the latest scanners are just as accurate, if not more, but there's still some studies that are kind of contradicting that. And what we're seeing though is, you know, when you take that, there's things that you can do with a scanner that you can't do analog very easily. An example like yesterday, um, in my office, we were, you know, was I was able to take the bite registration before I prepped the full maxillary arch. Mm -hmm. So I had a fit, I had a good bite before I started. Then I was able to prep all the things and put it back the way it was. 
Okay. And uh, that's not something easily done in the analog world. You're going to take, you know, you're going to have a, need a bite rim. You're going to need all these things. The other thing too, is once you start putting the, you know, the, um, if there's stone models and that, you know, the porcelain's rubbing, you get those contacts that become a little bit overbuilt. Um, there's some things that, that just are easier done in the digital world. Um, one of the things that I love doing now that I wouldn't do and hated doing was retrofitting a crown to an RPD. Mm-hmm. It never was easy. It was difficult. Right. It's not difficult now. Guess what? It, it's a simple procedure. Used to charge extra for it. Now I barely charge extra for it because it's not a big deal. Right. Um, it's not a big time consumer in my in my world. So, so these are the things that so, we, you know, are happening digitally that that I would say would make it more accurate. So every practice should have a scanner at this point. You would would, would you not agree with that? With the benefits. Um, yeah, unless you're a periodontist or an endodontist. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm talking about a, a, uh, a know, doctor, a dentist. As a, as a, as a yeah. restorative dentist, right. I, I think that you need to be looking at it. I think the time to start jumping is now. I mm-hmm. always say you don't want to be the first person on that curve, but you mm-hmm. also don't want to be the last. And I think we're starting to get towards that middle ground where, you know, people are accepting this technology and realizing it's making their lives easier. Mm-hmm. And as more dentists use scanners, then you're going to get more milling machines chair side and that that will build on itself no i see i disagree with that statement there's always going to be somebody who wants to do that one visit dentistry but most dentists don't want to do the lab work and what you're going to start to see is that the turnaround time for these crowns is pretty short so the question becomes you know total time in the office depending on how long it takes you to prep you know, how long it would take you to mill and everything else. What if you, you know, what if you could get a patient in and out, let's say, in a week? You know, I did the prep on Monday and I inserted it on Friday. Um, right, but there's a, so huge, there's, there's a huge marketing advantage to saying one day dentistry. Somebody has, yeah, well, but that's, somebody walks that's in a, and they're, I'm going to walk out with, with my final restoration and I'm done. I mean, there's an advantage okay. to that. Okay. And there's a well, there's a there's a marketing advantage. There's not necessarily a clinical advantage. There's well, no, not necessarily no, a time no. advantage. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm talking about you know, yeah, and, and dentists need to fill the chairs. So marketing is always something that's important to well, practice. A- absolutely. You know, my biggest problem is although I can get a crown back in a few days, I don't have a I don't have an opening to put the patient in. <laughs> so what happens is sometimes so here's what happens. Oh, you know what? The temp came off. Okay, great. They come in to have their temp re cemented. But I put the final crown in. Right. Um, so that becomes, you know, just how just how, you know, your practice flow is and everything else. I mean, I myself would not want to start milling. Now, what you talk about is what's the cost of the mill? You know, well, how are you going to amenorize yeah. that? Right. Well, that's my next question is and we're going to wrap this um, podcast up very shortly. What are the ongoing costs uh, of everything? Well, the ongoing costs of the scanners can be, you know, your normal tech support things and software upgrades. You know, they're going to vary between manufacturers. Some of them are free. Some of them, you know, as long as you're on the the, the, the plan, you can use the scanner and that's all incorporated in it. Mm-hmm. So that becomes your ongoing cost. You know, do you take those extended warranties or not? You know, uh, are you willing to gamble on certain things? You know, these are the questions. So those are about your ongoing costs are going to be, you know, example like, you know, a, a three-shaped trios. There are definitely ongoing costs to use that machine. They don't end, all right, versus the iMedit or the uh, CareStream where they end as soon that they can end the day you bought it. Mm-hmm. You know, you no longer have to, you know, once your tech support is done for the first year, you don't necessarily have to re-up it. 
Um, so, you know, that's again, just what's the total cost of ownership is one of the things that you have to discuss prior, you know, going into it. So, yeah, that's a question they should be asking the salesperson. And does, do these companies provide decent training for the docs? Yes. Yeah. There's usually some training that's built in, mm -hmm. um, to those because otherwise you're, you know, kind of left in a lurch. Right. Um, so yeah, there's usually some training that that's part of it. Um, it may be included. It may be extra. Again, these are the questions that you need to ask the salesperson. And the, the other thing is you might say, Hey, well, they say, well, you know, that extended training is going to cost a thousand dollars. You tell them I want that extended training as part of me buying it. You okay. know, the idea is to make the sale, not necessarily the add-ons, but if you don't get that add-on up front, you're kind of screwed because you know what? There's incentive for them to then, you know, yeah. make you a deal. Okay. Well, that's well, that's been a great uh, podcast, uh, Marty. Again, we love your webinars. Uh, I know you're planning to do some more CE webinars on VivaLearning.com, and uh, we'll have you on Dental Talk very shortly for another podcast. I think you're going to be talking about digital dentistry, workflow, and so forth, which is very timely to all of our listeners. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, it was a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Thank you very much for having me.